I'd want you to uh, jump up onto a box, step off, do that three to five reps, two to four sets, period. That's it. It has to be explosive. It has to be as hard as you can. It shouldn't take you more than 10 minutes to do this stuff. Once you gotta make sure you warm up and all that. Mm -hmm. Your kids will get faster because I've been doing that philosophy for years and my kids get faster because number one, I'm not trying to condition them. That's not the purpose. This is, I want a faster animal. I want a cat that can fly. I want somebody that can move. So we're gonna improve their athleticism. How's it going? This is Sean French, and thank you for joining me with another episode of the podcast, Determined Society. Guys, I have an amazing guest here today. This is something that is a true treat for me. Uh, me and this guy have been connected on Facebook for a very long time, and we've never really collaborated on anything. And then he created a post and published it the other day about a very controversial topic, and he was catching some heat on it. And I immediately read the whole thing, and I was like, man, I got to jump in here and be with this guy. Um, his name is Lee Taft. He is he is no, he's the founder of the first speed a basketball speed certification. He is known as a speed guy. He is a father of three amazing human beings. Lee, man, welcome to the show, buddy. Oh, Sean, I can't thank you enough. I'm I'm so glad we uh, you reached out and we got this chance to to connect and uh, see if we can get people thinking a little bit differently today, or at least be a little more pissed off. <laughs> well, hey, I can assure you we're going to piss off some people and that's okay. Yeah. Because what I found, Lee, is when people get really, truly pissed off at something that somebody else says, that they know there's a level of truth to it, right? Exactly. Yep. It's just like 100%. When, my, when my wife tells me something, I get pissed off at her it's because like, well, shit, she's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So, um, you know, I want to give the audience just a little bit of a background here. I yep. was rolling through my timeline the other day and I came across Lee's post and he was, he was explaining that he was taking some heat from people that disagreed with his standpoint of AAU basketball and just youth sports in general, how youth sports are in so much trouble and they are in trouble. And here's the reason why is because all these people create all these travel ball organizations, whether it's AAU for basketball, soccer, and, and specifically for me, baseball to a point where they just water the shit down so much, ask parents for five to $6,000 every season, promise playing time, promise college, you know, um, recruiters, uh, scholarships, all this other bullshit. And it's completely destroyed the sports industry. It has destroyed the parents in the, in the industry. And in more than anything, it is impacting the children to a point where they can't even perform because they're so worried about who's watching them. And most of the time they're fucking 12 years old. So Lee, uh, man, what are you seeing out there, dude? Yeah, it's you know great opening because I'll tell you, we, I'm, I'm having a really, this is funny because I'm having a really hard time every time I type or I, I talk and I say the word youth sports because it really isn't anymore. It's about adult being in charge to, to somehow fill an ego, fill a bank account, uh, do something on youth sports. Mm -hmm. So it isn't really youth sports anymore. They just happen to be the, the you know the chess pieces right the, the the kids are the chess pieces and they're getting moved around in this game that adults are dominating and 
you made a really good point about stress with these kids. And part of the reason I'm so passionate about this, because we've all been caught up in it to a degree, um, because you, you, you know, like I have, you, know, you mentioned I have three children and you want them to be able to play. And sometimes the only way to play is if you get them in a, a some kind of a league or travel league. And so we've done the local stuff. We've never done the big stuff. And it took us like half a month to realize this is crap, the way things are going on. So we we kind of moved on. But so over many years, and I've just, for the listener, I've been coaching for 33 years. I've been the head coach of many sports. Um, and I grew up as a phys ed teacher in a family of teachers and phys ed teachers. My father was in it for 44 years, my brothers, my sisters, you know, so I grew up in the environment where it was free. You were in school, you went and played. And then when the season was done, you put that implement down and went and played the other one. And then, and then at night you went down to the park and you played with your friends. So that was what I grew up in. And then as things started to change, you saw less and less people showing up at the park because they were gone doing these travel sports. And then you started asking, well, what, how does that work? Like, well, we pay a bunch of money to go play against kids that are the same talent that we play here at the park. I'm like, oh, that sounds like a good trade-off. Right? That's How's that working out for you? And so I've just gotten so frustrated with the fact that travel sports, okay, um, AAU, whatever you want to call it, because there's different organizations, have put such a stress on players that haven't even really earned the right to, to travel from uh, Georgia to the state of Washington to play in a weekend tournament because that's where supposedly the coaches are going to be. And, and none of them are there, but that's what they're told, right? Mm -hmm. And they go do that and spend, you know, grand, five grand on the, on the travel flights and bringing the family and doing all this stuff. And, and the kid, in, in our case, in basketball, if we're talking basketball, can't even shoot a left-hand layup. So what are you doing? Where are you going? I've always said this, Sean, and this is really the same for baseball, volleyball, tennis, whatever. If you're not the best player in your school, when you walk down the hallway, why the hell are you traveling out of your state to go play somebody else? If you can't beat the kid who's in homeroom with you in the morning, where are you going? You know, go beat that kid out at recess or at lunchtime you know basketball or something but it just drives me nuts dude I, those are some great points lee and I, and I and i love it because i remember when i grew up playing baseball right and, and that's the only sport i played my freshman year i tried to play football i didn't like being hit it was too late right it was too late yeah. for me to expand that just in my own mindset i just wanted to play baseball because that's what i was really talented with you know and you know, I ended up going playing at LSU. Uh, I did pretty well. And, um, yep. you know, I mean, Hey, listen, it was great, but do I, do I regret not playing other sports? Like you mentioned? Absolutely. Right. Um, cause I think it hurt my athleticism, but yeah. going back to that, just thinking about the progression, right. It was little league, little league, little league. And then once we were 12 years old and we turned 13, like when we finished our 12 year old year, some of the coaches in the 12, in the, in the 12 year old, deal is like, Hey, listen, we want to take the best players, the best, like 15, 12 year olds in this league. And we want to start a pony league program, right? Called the Concord Reds. And of course I was a part of that program. I was one of the catchers and it was, it was simply because we felt that, or they felt that the competition at the little league wasn't at a high enough level and it wouldn't prepare us for later 
levels. It was never about, hey, let's go do all this travel ball shit and let's go get you scholarships. It was like, how can we develop you better? And that's the thing that I loved about it. And, you know, we all did that, right? We all went and we did the Pony League and we played together and, and man, we had some great times. And it was, we, to your point, we didn't go out of state. We went to, I'm originally from California. I'm from the San Francisco Bay. So we went to Vacaville, Fairfield, Martinez, uh, Pinole, San Francisco. We stayed regional in our area and we beat people up, right? Yeah. Uh, we, we won tournaments and, you know, it was so much fun because what it taught me was the camaraderie of travel baseball. Like that was real fucking travel baseball, man. The team concept still mattered. But now what we have here, since, you know, all these coaches want to build these businesses because they can't build anything else. They couldn't fucking play. So what they're going to do is they're going to build, they're going to bring all these, all these kids and these poor parents that are being gullible. Right. And this, these people have no pedigree and they're going to build these travel ball organizations just to make a penny and fill their ego and travel all around the country just to get their asses kicked. I just don't understand it. I don't understand it. And it's one, and it's, and it's being, you know, repurposed as, we're doing it for the kids. No, you're not. Yeah. 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 No, no way. Cause you know what? So I was very fortunate the other day because of these, so the social media posts I put out, mm-hmm. I've had a lot of people contact me. I had a, I had a, a medical emergency doctor reach out to me and say, Lee, can we jump on a call? So I, I was fortunate enough to be on a call with him for 45 minutes. Uh, he's out of Indianapolis, uh, Dr. Lewis Profeta. He's, He's written an article. He's written many, many articles, but he wrote an article that actually became one of the best-selling articles ever, millions of reads on this thing. Mm-hmm. And it basically had to do what we're talking about right now. And he shared with me, um, because of his experiences and, and, and the, the people that he's, he's dealt with, uh, the, very, the very things that you're talking about where like parents think or these youth coaches think that um, you know, you know, investing all this money and taking all this time and, and, and going to exposure events and camps and all this is the way to go. That's the only way to go. What they don't look at, and this is what he saw, and I've seen this myself, but just coming from another individual, he saw that when kids were asked or told, when parents said, hey, listen, we're not gonna, we're not gonna do it this year. Kids are like, okay, great. That was it. That was the response. Like, okay, good. You know what I mean? As where, as where the, you know, the parents probably felt like they lost a leg or something because now they couldn't get their kid out there exposed yeah. and, and shown all over the world. And this insane state of their neighbors. Oh yeah. My kid's on the elite team, you know, not on the other team it's on the elite team. Right. Yeah. And so he's like, kids are like, okay, good. No, I get to go play now. I get to go play with my friends or go to my friend's birthday party, which I've never gone to over the last three years. Cause I was always traveling. Right. I couldn't do that. And he shared with me, just to kind of go a little deeper here, he shared with me stories that just literally broke my heart and bothered me so much. And I, and I started sharing this too. He had grandparents, Sean, reach out to him. And his grandparents said, I, the, 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 the article you wrote literally was like changed my life because we as grandparents older it's very hard to go to these long events and sit and walk and wait three, four hours between games or whatever, especially in the case of basketball, sitting on bleachers or baseball, sitting on aluminum bleachers for hours on end, really hard on them, noise bothers them, all these different things. But they said, if we don't go, we don't see our grandkids anymore. 
because every weekend there's a tournament. They're gone. We'll go six months and not see our kids because the weekends used to be dinner at grandma's house. Now it's not. Now it's it's uh, you know uh, a weekend somewhere playing baseball or soccer or volleyball or basketball or whatever. And we don't see our grandkids anymore. And they're like heartbroken. But they said, if they say anything to their children, to the parents of these kids, they don't invite them anymore. So they're caught. You know what I mean? And that to me is just destructive. He talked about, you know, marital stress because mm. one parent, one parent is usually gone for months and months on, any, on the weekends, never around. They don't go to yeah. movies anymore. They don't dinner. They don't do these things. So we can talk about, you know, Hey, you know, the skills not being improved because all they're doing is playing or this and stuff. But the reality is it's the destruction of a family environment now. It really is. There's no longer Sundays together as a family or hanging out or going to the park or going to the movies or going to the beach. Can't do that anymore. So that's the tough part that I don't think people want to hear. But when they do hear it and they step back, it's kind of like, what the hell are we doing? Really? What are we doing to these, to the family environment? You know, it's hard because, you know, I went off on a rant, right? And and I want to clarify, it's not the parents' fault, right? They're being sold a good a service. They're exactly. being sold the shiny red apple or whatever the hell you want to call it. And I'm very passionate about this type of thing. And so my listeners are probably going to hear more inflection and more um, tonality in my voice this episode than they really ever usually do. But it's because this is something that, again, that we're experts in, right? We are we are coaches, we're professionals. And the, the, the problem with all of this is, and, and you hit it on the nail on the head when you're talking about it is destroying the family structure. Like, dude, like on Thursdays, we have, my son has um, tennis. He does tennis lessons, right? Wednesday, he has baseball uh, and Saturday and Sunday, right? Just for Little League. And then, but on Thursdays, he has tennis, but my daughters have gym. So we split up, my wife and I. Yeah. And you know what, dude, it's only an hour, but I love my family. Right. I love being, I didn't grow up with everybody being together. Right. Yeah. So like, I love having my family all together in one spot. It's just yeah. my, my preference. You know what, you know, it, it is what it is. And that hour is hour and a half is long, right? Like I miss my girls or I miss my son, my wife, and I can't imagine it being months and months and months, but the problem to, to your point of um, one parent's always gone and we're doing all this stuff, it's really sad because the parents are being sold this freaking dream that if your son or your daughter plays travel ball, and it's not just summer. Let's be honest with, your, with each other. If it were just like summer, fucking cool. Go play travel ball in the summer. But it's sure. fall. It's winter, it's summer, and all the while with baseball players, their arms are breaking down. Hmm, I wonder what Tom House has to say about, or Dr. Andrews has to say about arm injuries, right? They're trending upward because the kids never stop throwing. So, but they're being sold this dream that if you do this, here's what's going to happen. Like, listen, I played Little League, Pony League, and I played um, high school baseball, and we didn't even really have a fall. Okay. When I got to play fall ball, it was like fucking telling me that I had backstage passes to the Def Leppard concert. I was jacked, bro. I was like, I get to play baseball this fall. This is incredible. But now it's like, they don't get away from it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and all, and, and, but my point is I went through all that 
Yes, I played American Legion. There's nothing wrong with playing American Legion baseball. That oh, by the way, that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, right. It doesn't exist. Um, or not that I'm aware of. You know, so but I did all that, right? And at a high school, I had no offers. I went to junior college, ended up at LSU. Yep. Parents, if you're listening, you can have your your children be children. And you can be a family by just going to Little League games, by just going to youth basketball, volleyball, whatever it is. When the time is right and your child needs exposure and they've earned it, then go do it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, it's a great business. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm sure Perfect Game is going to hate me, but I don't give a shit. You know, it's like. All they have all these fields, all this everything, and like I understand, it's a great business model. But like my issue with all that, Lee, and and, and I want to get your feedback on this one. I know this is a long yeah. rant, but I'm 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 on fire with this. Wait, is, yeah. is I remember when I was a head coach in high school. Okay, no longer I, you know, I I value my family time way too much, right? Yeah. Hey, coach, I I went to the showcase this weekend, and and look on the internet, I'm the ranked number fifth hitter in this in this showcase i looked at him like yeah but you could hit water if you fell out of a fucking boat dude that's a lie and and, and, but then i'm the asshole right yeah it's like i'm just telling people what the truth is like hey listen like cool like but like you're hitting 150 out of 50 at bats like i can't even believe i've given you 50 at bats and this yeah and this and this is a marketing ploy it's frustrating It is. It's. It's. Uh, I had. A, I had a guy respond to me during this last couple of weeks. A baseball guy saying they're seeing rankings that are bogus. They're actually finding out. It, it actually. They. They to to get more support from the parents and to to drive their business mm-hmm. to this ranking and this almost combine atmosphere of. So they're they're kind of deflating some of the or inflating some of the numbers of these kids because some of the kids were saying. Oh, I didn't think I hit that that well, and they found out they didn't. But but it shows better that way. Yeah. So you're right to the fact that it's a business, and you know, I I, I have no problem with people making an income, Mm-mm. doing things that are serving a purpose that are really good. But to be deceitful and to to take uh, the innocence out of youth to me is just not right. It's not mm-hmm. right. Now, if somebody wants to, if there's a parent that has the means wants to hire a, you know, a private coach to en- enhance a talent that they have and they want to do that aside and that's fine. They'd go ahead and do that. But th- it shouldn't take away from, uh, you know, kids being kids and kids playing with friends and friends, you know, uh, uh, you know, growing together on this. But that doesn't mean it has to diminish a kid like yourself, who was a probably a pretty good baseball player, it's a youth player who made the Pony League, and then your friends as well and climbed the ladder. That should happen, and then I think it's going to happen naturally for a lot of kids if they're just if they're just around it and they're just doing it. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned a word because there's another word that goes with your word. You mentioned the word that coaches always say, "Hey, we got to get you to this camp." because you're going to get some exposure. Well, my word is for 99% of those kids is they get exposed. And what happens is now all of a sudden the coaches say, I'm checking that kid off the list because he can't, he can't hit, you know, 
you know, but one pitch, and it's usually from his dad lofting it underhand, right? Or he, or he can't field with any depth. He doesn't have a – he can't get to his backhand side and field and make that throw. We, we're not going to spend time teaching him the fundamentals at our level in college, right? So he's checked off the list. So most of these parents are bringing these kids or these youth coaches or, or, or uh, excuse me, travel team coaches are taking these kids to exposure camps, mm-hmm. getting their kids exposed when – what they should be doing is getting getting them at the park, getting them in a batting cage, getting them in a gym with a uh, you know the the lights on so they can dribble and shoot, get their skill foundation up. So now they have a a well-rounded game that a coach can say, hey, I can work with that. But the other thing that always bothered me is because I've dealt with so many athletes for so long. If you're good, you're going to get noticed. If you can put up numbers, if you can defend, I don't care the sport, mm-hmm. coaches will find you, especially, it was harder in my day because we didn't have the internet. I mm-hmm. couldn't post my game up on YouTube and, or on Instagram and coaches look at it that same day. You, you had to actually do some work, right? Now, in my, my daughters, both were scholarship NAIA uh, players. I didn't put them in the, the big AAU thing. They did some local stuff. But what I did, Sean, is I would tell the local teams around us, because we lived in Indiana. We're in Florida now. Indiana was like the capital of AAU, right? Well, what, what I did is I would tell the local AAU coaches, look, at if anybody gets sick and you need somebody to fill in, because most of the games are like 10 minutes from our house, I'm like, my, my daughter will fill in. That's how they would play. We didn't even pay. They just show up. They'd play because they needed somebody. They would get playing in. And, and other than that, I was in the gym with them working them or we're in the weight room or we're working on speed training. So they became better athletes and they never burnt out. All their friends burn out. And a lot of them didn't even want to go to the next level because they were so tired of traveling 60 games in the off season. Wow. And even more than that, uh, for baseball, softball, I had a girl that played basketball for me, played 92 games. When her softball season ended in high school, up until our basketball, she played 92 games. The dad kept check, track of everything. Can you imagine that? And, Dude, that's, and, that's uh, insane, bro. Yeah, yeah. And then she didn't, she didn't want to go beyond that. That was it. And I'm like, I mean, I'm not surprised. Be- I'm not surprised. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think it takes a high level of confidence and also um, wisdom to do what you've done with your, ch- your children. And I want to applaud you for that because, you know, I'm sitting here, you know, my kids are young. My kids are eight, five, and three. And my son's getting into baseball. I didn't push him into it. I started him when I started him, seven years old. He's eight now. Do I mess with him at the field? Yeah. Hey, have fun and focus. Yep. Listen to your coach. I don't care if he swings and misses at every single pitch. I don't care if he misses every ground ball. I don't care if he can throw the ball. I want him to learn to love the game. And the one thing that it's very, very difficult in what you did so well is just have that faith that, you know, hey, if you're a dude or you're a girl, like someone's going to find you, you're going to find your place. And, and that, that needs to be more appreciated nowadays. And I can see it at the, at the high school level, you know, when you, when you start your season, right, you start your season because I still you know, volunteer a little bit. Um, you start your season in January. Well, you had your spring season. You went right into your travel ball, 
right? And who I made the the number one team of the Scorpions yeah. or the number one team of you know the Florida Burn or you know like whatever whoop de whoop who cares right? And you know it's like a, a you know it's a pissing match. And then you play that season, then you play the fall season, but you also have a fall ball season of your of your high school team. And then January rolls around and no one where's the energy? Yeah. yeah. Someone's hurt. Dude, you play too much baseball, man. Like to your point though, I I think what's, what's so valuable is, and this is something that kids do now or parents do now is they coach hop. Right. And they, they also do it with travel ball, but to, to your point specifically, like, you know, you teach speed, you're the speed guy. So a kid would go to you and the parents like, no, 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 we're going to go to this other guy. And then they keep hopping coaches and they never get the full system. They never truly develop. Right. And, and for me, when I was a kid, uh, I, I found this guy, God rest his soul. Now, Michael Dutzman, he's one of the most influential people in my baseball career. I love that man to death. I still talk to his wife at the time. And I, I'm still connected with his, with his children. Tyler was six when he passed and uh, Michaela was like, one or two when he passed away. And, but when I was, when I was 12 years old, my dad started taking me to lessons. It was catching lessons and hitting lessons. I did an hour twice a week. It, half of it was hitting and half of it was catching. And he taught me yeah. the fundamentals. He taught me how to be a better baseball player. And that's how my time was spent. That's all the micro, all the micro stuff underneath, right? Now everybody's just interested in the macro result. Yep. Yep. They want yep, to walk 100%. off home run, but they don't want to do the work in between. Like they don't, because yeah. they, they don't understand it. That's right. Well, and the other thing is if, if you and I were to sit down for one hour and watch ESPN, how many highlights do you see from these top players doing some kind of training, right? Running with parachutes or mm-hmm. doing, so the kids say, well, I want to do that. I'm like, you can't run yet. Like you don't mm-hmm. even know how to get in a, an athletic stance. Yeah. and take off to steal a base with proper footwork or in basketball, you don't know how to defend someone because you can't get down in a stance and you yeah. have no mobility or strength or whatever. So let's get the basic foundation. So Sean, the other day, uh, two days ago, I had a, a dad reach out to me and say, Lee, I, I, I just got actually asked to coach this youth basketball team. Actually, it was like a middle school. So youth that way, but it was a school team. And he goes, he goes, I need to get them more athletic. What do I do? And here's the, the system I use a lot, but I give to coaches all the time. Sprint twice a week. Sprint, start on week one, twice a week, 20 yards. Each week, add five yards until you get to 40. Start out with five sprints each session. And then eventually, as you work your way up to 40, you only have to do three, but it has to be 100% effort mm-hmm. and you have to time everything. So you see your times, right? So you see yourself starting to get some improvement there. And then I want you to go seven yards on a lateral shuffle, like a defensive shuffle, okay? Just lateral, push, 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 seven yards, do that three times facing the right, three times left, do that twice a week. And then I want you to uh, jump up onto a box, step off, do that three to five reps, two to four sets, period. That's it. It has to be explosive. It has to be as hard as you can. It shouldn't take you more than 10 minutes to do this stuff. What you got to make sure you warm up and all that. Mm-hmm. Your kids will get faster because I've been doing that 
philosophy for years and my kids get faster because number one, I'm not trying to condition them. That's not the purpose of this. This is, I want a faster animal. I want a cat that can fly. I want somebody that can move. So we're going to improve their athleticism. Conditioning will come. That that will come. That's, that's, you know, nobody loves conditioning, but but it's not that hard to do. You just, you know, Go run down and back until I feel tired. Then I'll tell you when to stop. Right? Go run until I tell you to stop. <laughs> but speed, well, you got to go hard and keep it simple. So I have athletes that I, I work with now. When they're not with me, that's their homework. Just get outside, warm up, make sure you're loose, mark it off, do those. And we just keep seeing times drop. My daughter, who's in college right now, playing my older daughter's out of school, she, she keeps getting faster because that's the, the process. I've actually bumped her up to 50 yards now mm. because it's plyometric for her. And she's gaining, but she only does it twice. She warms up, does all the high knees and the skips and the back pedals, gets warm, boom, blows those things out. And her times keep coming down because we're training her nervous system. So, Sean, what it's doing is it's simple. It's not time consuming and it's healthy. It's healthy on the body versus a two hour volleyball jump training session that you hear these travel clubs do. Mm-hmm. And these kids, the, the kids kneecaps are swollen and, and they're, they can't move for three days. I'm like, that's not training. That's abuse. That's, mm. that's not how we train athletes. Right. And you came from a program, one of the best uh, LSU with one of the best overall strength coaches in the business, you know, with uh, Moffitt. He was, Tommy, he was, he was, Tommy was Tommy. great, man. I mean, he was, he was great. And, and a lot of the other people, even, uh, you know, Rachel, uh, who's with the Yankees now, yep. she was a softball player there. She's, you know, obviously it's just a lot of intelligence of how to get athletes better, but safely. So we can don't, we can, uh, you know, kind of donate our time to these kids, just teach them the basic stuff of fundamental sports skills, fundamental movement skills, and then let them go play, let them go play with their friends, let them go play. If you're going to play in a game or some good, but, Stop monopolizing their time and not getting improvement. If you're going to at least monopolize their time, at least improve the kids. We're not even seeing that. They're just, I, I have a girl that played on my little wreck basketball team. This is a the local, uh, uh, it's called the Morgan Center. Okay. Once a week, Saturday, they play for an hour. Everybody has to play the same amount of time. It's one of those things. Mm-hmm. But it was a middle school age level. My son, it was co-ed. This girl played on it, and I've watched her play her high school season. She still can't make a left-hand layup, but she's on every travel team. She's going to travel from Florida to Texas, to Lexington, Kentucky. They're going to uh, South Carolina and to Georgia. She can't make a left-hand layup. Why are you traveling when you've got a driveway out there with a basketball hoop? Practice a left-hand layup before you start spending your family's you know, uh, money to go play and you can't dribble or shoot with your left knee. I just don't get it. This is, see, this is the problem though, man, coach, this is it. Like there's, there's no time spent developing kids. Now everybody wants to just go and play. Like for instance, the, the, the biggest, here's where I got frustrated with travel ball and baseball, right? Your kids would go off and play right? There would be no direction as far as practice or anything that would be specific to elevating their game skill-wise. It's like, all right, boys, here's the lineup. 
Rip it and rip it. Let's go. Let's go win some. Let's go. Let's go hit some BP. Let's throw the ball across the diamond as hard as we can. Let's have the scouts, you know, there. It's going to be great. Show out. Run your 60, you know, and, and there's nothing done to develop these kids over the summer. So they get into a lot of bad habits, right? And there's no one there to fix those bad habits. And they come back to us completely worse, like yeah. totally worse. And But here also, here's the big problem. Coach. I just got offered by university of so-and-so D one. I accepted the offer I'm signing. And I'm like, they never even called us. So what's happening. These, these college recruiters, sorry guys, but it's the truth. You guys are trusting a coach that spends this much time, very little time with that athlete. Right. Whereas the high school coach knows the whole deal. The high school coach knows his true demeanor his family dynamic, right? His practice habits, his study habits, his integrity and his character. And, exactly. and these, and, and I, I can't, I can't tell you how many times that uh, a kid has gone on to play division one baseball. And I've actually known the coach and I don't hear from the coach and the kid doesn't pan out. Yeah. And the coach goes, well, I didn't know so-and-so was going to be like this. I'm like, well, you didn't do your due diligence. You didn't ask. You trusted the summer ball coach, or you just saw him throw 95 in a showcase, and you figured, hey, he can play here. Yeah. You know, so it, it's – there's a lot in that rant, but, I mean, the bottom line is it the whole system is busted. And it could work if everybody started to work together and understood, yeah. like, hey, we got to decrease the level of, of teams – right? Like, oh, but we have this big demand. We don't want to turn kids away. No, no, no. You can turn kids away. You just don't want to because it's, it's another $15,000. If you, if you create a seventh team. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Listen to this. This is what's crazy to me. This is where we're at. Okay. And this is why I hope, I know we're going to get major blowback on this and I don't care. I, I I welcome it because we're right. I mean, we're right. And, and I'm sorry, there's no other way to look at it. And, you know, <laughs> I'd be very careful because it's little league. So <laughs> little league that my son plays at here in Fort Myers, Florida, my good buddy that I coached with came up to me and said, dude, I got to talk to you about something. I'm like, what's up, man? Cause I had a parent, another coach, a six, a six-year-old parent come up to me and say, Hey, you know what we should do? We should combine our teams and make a travel ball team. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, please tell me you kicked him in the dick. <laughs> he goes, he, he goes, no, I, I laughed at him. I said, dude, that that's never going to happen. That is, that is a horrible <laughs> idea. And like, dude, these kids are six years old. There's eight U teams right now. And, and it just, it just blows me away. It's just like, guys, we are not, we are so far away and we are so far away from, from youth sports being what it needs to be. Yep. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm a firm believer in, 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 in performance. Okay. Yep. You don't perform. You're on the bench. You're not the best on your team in your position. You're buried. You're buried on that pine until you can prove that you can beat somebody out. You know, there's yep. no, why is it my son playing like, or how come my daughter isn't playing center? Like, well, because she's not good. And the other girl is like, what do you want me to tell you? Um, But we've, we've lost sight of all of that. And 
the other thing that's happening is, is if let's say you and I start a travel ball organization because we're high level baseball coaches, right? And we got all these parents wanting to come and play in our travel ball organization. We have two teams, right? Because we're just starting. Well, one kid, you know, isn't playing at all barely, right? Because he's not as good as the other dude. So the dad rips his kid off the team and they go start a travel ball organization. It's go. called daddy ball, it right? It's yep. called daddy ball. Like, well, okay, you can't play here. So I'm going to create a scenario. And I'm going to take all the adversity tools out of your tool belt at 12 years old. And I'm going to teach you how to be entitled and go build your own thing. So you can feel comfortable and you can get playing time instead of battling and telling you like, sorry, dude, you better figure it out. Beat that dude out. That's what my dad did for me, you know, and, and my dad and I, we have a lot of differences, right? Yeah. Um, but if it wasn't for him teaching me how to battle through those things, I wouldn't be the man I am today. Right. And sure. so I can't, I can't give him credit for all the bad shit, not any of the good stuff. Right. Yeah. But like, but that's happening. Daddy ball. Yeah. I don't know if it's yeah. happening in your industry, but in baseball, dude, it's like, Oh, I, I actually think that's, that was kind of the, the, the foundation of what happened with AAU basketball was it was originally AAU was originally kind of this thing where the, the, the elite players got together and they played and then when a kid didn't make the team, the dad made his own team. Mm-hmm. And then when when there was a you know a scuttlebutt between the two dads, they split, made their own teams. And now you've got all the all the different teams and all the different. And the problem is, this is the one thing. Okay, so uh, we we know in baseball as well. There's like if you go South Korea, very instructional based, mm-hmm. very disciplined, right? The way they play in the different countries have different ways of doing things and especially South America, right? And Dominican and um, in basketball, we start talking more about Europe, how it's really on the come up, right? Look at the NBA, how many teams are, you know, got the, got the top players, right? Well, the, the thing is, they're very much instructional based mm-hmm. and I, I shared a little post the other day and Kobe Bryant talked about it. he goes I was fortunate I grew up in Europe so he said we we learned and we we practiced a lot we didn't do the you know just go play games all the time and and uh you know we we learned the game so what we're seeing is you know like like in Europe those coaches have to be certified they have to know how to teach, how to mm. coach. They have to understand pedagogy, which is how to, how to progress a skill and how to teach. They have to know those things. They have to know a little bit about psychology, not to be a psychologist, but just to understand, hey, this kid looks like he's struggling. He's not mm-hmm. focusing. They just teach stuff. I've dealt with a lot of people over there, and they, and they, they brought me through their system. Here, the dad... Because he's mad, his son or daughter's not getting tight, can, can start their own team. And as long as they have the best looking backpacks and, and you know, and travel. Gotta have the unis, so, man, the swag. Gotta bro. have the unis. As long as they have that, they got a team. They got parents want to be a part of that because that, that looks really good. You know, that we look good, mm-hmm. right? We can't play, but we look better than everybody else on, on the court. And so that's been my problem being someone who's been in, I'm on the, the educational side of sport. Like I love, mm-hmm. how do you teach a skill? Like if you were going to teach me how to, how to get in front of a ball in the dirt, you could do that because number one, you've had good teachers. Mm-hmm. Okay. You've had people who taught you how to do it. 
right? And that is critical. We don't get that anymore. We're not getting that because we're not getting people who are qualified. You know, God bless the parents who are trying to offer something anyway. Right. But they're not qualified. They don't know how to teach. And then when a kid makes a mistake and they tried really hard, they just they just get a bad bounce. They get screamed at and yelled at. And like, it's not their fault. The way you get on kids, and this is what I've always said in basketball, a kid tried to do the right thing the ball got stolen. I'm fine. What bothers me is the attitude and the lack of effort. You're going to give me attitude and you're going to give me lack of effort. Sit down. You know, if you're ready to play, we'll get you back. But but I don't mind the mistake when you're trying to do the right thing. I, I get I get annoyed with the lack of effort and stuff. So, but those are things you have to learn how to coach, have to learn how to teach. And like you said, daddy ball, that they're not qualified. They're not qualified not only to teach the skill, let alone teach the game. They don't know how to teach with the indiv- or, uh, work with the individual person. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It really is. You know, dude, it's funny because you said something right there that, that I want to go back to. Um, the things that bother you is lack of effort and a poor attitude. I always tell my kids this, and they're young, but they need to learn it. And I always yep. told my baseball players and people I work with on a one-on-one coaching basis is you can control two things in this world your attitude and your effort. It takes zero talent to have a great attitude and to give your effort. That's like, and what we've, what we've, what we're seeing here in youth sports is we're skipping those steps because we want that instant gratification. And and quite honestly, that's no different than society. You know, you look on Instagram, you know, and everybody has a shortcut, a hack to be a millionaire, to make multi-million dollars. There's no hack. Actually, there is a hack. You know what it is? It's called work and time. Yep. You know, you stay with something consistently enough. It's like that 1% better every single day. You get 1% better every single day. By the end of the year, you've gotten 37% better, right? It's like that interest. Like all of a sudden you have all this proof and you have, you have gone like this, right? That curve, it is not linear. Okay. It is something that you have to work at every single day. And, you know, when you make it, you know, or when you become that great baseball player, that great basketball player that can just shoot when the lights are off in the gym, everybody wants to call it an overnight success. It's not. When my brand blows up, when this podcast blows up, it's going to be, oh my God, that guy came out of nowhere. No, I didn't. I've been here. I've been in the lab, right? Like we've been building things and, and, and you, uh, for instance, with your business, right? The, 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 the world's first speed certification coach that didn't happen like that. That, that was a, pr- a progression of actionable steps that you took. And to your point, and, and I look at your Instagram and I'm like, dude, this guy's a freaking coach. He's a dude. Like you literally break down how to jump and how to connect with the power source and make sure that you don't go, um, you know, in or out with your knees. You can't be too wide because if you're too wide, it's good to go left and right, but not to jump. It's like, that's what this world is missing. Like all these gurus, whether it's sports, whether it's, you know, on Instagram, fitness influencers, there's no teaching. You're right. You're right. It's, um, it's an environment right now where if we can get there faster and cut corners, we're going to be ahead of the Joneses, right? We're going to get ahead of them. And it just doesn't work that way. It no. just, it never, it never has. Um, you know, I, I, I go back to where I grew up and when I 
all the sports. I'll, I'll give you an example. I played in the spring, like I played baseball when I was younger, mm-hmm. but then uh, my family was really big into tennis. So I was a tennis player um, and I ran track in the spring. So I played those two. I played football and I played basketball. But when I grew up playing basketball, we would go to the park. It was common. You played outdoors all the time. That was just, that's yep. in New York. You played outside. You played at the parks. In a lot of the cities, that's what we did. Well, I was fortunate enough where I'd get, I'd be allowed to play with the older guys. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the older guys, so I'm seventh grade, eighth grade, I'm playing with the men and the, the varsity type players on the courts and they let me play. Well, that's how I learned because they were bigger, faster, stronger. So for in order, order for me to get a shot off or to stay, I had to figure that out. I had to compete mm-hmm. and they didn't get, they didn't make any apology. They didn't say, Hey, we're going to take it easy. And they didn't, but that was the good thing. And then, and then I, now I see this environment. This is, you know, 40 years later. Now I'm seeing the kids that it doesn't work one time, mm-hmm. one rep. I don't want to play. I'm not going to play. I, I don't want to do it. Do you know what I mean? It's and, so- and to your point, and to your point, they can control their attitude and their effort in that moment. They might not control if the guy they just went against is bigger, stronger, faster, I can't control that. But I can control my mentality towards that and, and become a thinker. And I can control my effort level. And then last point, and I'll let you go because I know you got something to say. My high school team, and this is why I said I, I ran track, and played, my high school team, all my friends, they won the state championship in baseball mm-hmm. my senior year, my senior year. Uh, we had a kid, Stephen St. Clair, uh, he was a 97 mile an hour pet pitch. He could he just, just throw, you know, smoke. Well, all those kids, including me, when we grew up at this park, we called it the playground. That's where we were. We played home run derby all the time. That's awesome. Nonstop. All of us. And we could, we could hit, we used to use a tape ball, like get a tape ball, tape the thing up really hard. We'd use anything we could find. We'd play home run derby nonstop. And then what it did, though, is we're also out there trying to catch it and do stuff. Mm-hmm. They, these kids go on, they win the state because they were the, they were the best sandlot players around. They just honed their skills. And then they had some pretty good coaches in baseball as they went through it. But it was like if they didn't have that foundation of play and competition at the park where, you know, if you're, if you're whiffing out on every pitch, you know, the kids are laughing at you, you know, having, kind of having fun, yeah. you know, like guys. Yeah. And, they got so man they could play and that's how i developed as a basketball player my friends developed and i was a pretty good baseball player i just because you know i i loved tennis and i ran track but yeah so go ahead i know you were going to say something there sean you know it's you know going back to if they if they try one rep and it doesn't work they abandon it right like it takes time to perfect any skill right yep and and what you do for for instance in your business Um, In my business, what we are doing today is not going to show results, but if we stay consistent over 30, 60, 90 days, well, those things start to pay dividends, right? It's that compounding effort, right? The atomic habit of getting 1% better every day. So that was the first point. The second point is, you know, you hear all these people talk about getting rooms with people that think bigger than you. Like uh, my buddy, Ken Jocelyn, I did an ep- that was on my podcast, I don't know, about a month ago. Uh, he put that on, he made a planner and that he has it on the bottom of every single page, get in rooms with people that think bigger than you. And why I think that's so great. And, and it's two, it's, 
it's connected to what you're talking about. You're playing with these dudes that were bigger and faster and stronger than you. And you put yourself in a room that was bigger than you, right? Uh, everybody right. else, yep. like you were sitting there trying to level up every single time. And that's what I try to do. I try to surround myself with people that are way far ahead than me because yep. I want to be that person that is, that is leveling up. I, I don't want to feel like, you know, like, Hey, I'm comfortable. Like anytime I feel comfortable, I get uncomfortable. It scares me. It's like, why am I so comfortable in this room right now? And I'm talking like, I don't care if I'm down the street at a, at a party or if I'm out at a dinner with somebody like, like it gets uncomfortable to me because I always think of like, how am I developing from this? And if I can't develop, then how do I show my kids how to develop? That's right. Exactly. You know, so you know, uh, many years ago, I was a head football coach for, for several years in New York. And about 45 minutes away was Albany State. Well, Albany State is where the New York Giants go for their, yeah. their camp, right? Mm-hmm. That's where they go. So what I would do is I drove down in the morning session, and then I'd go back in the afternoon session to watch the Giants practice. Mm. My team wasn't even close to the you know the little giants here of that movie that's a good movie they weren't that, yeah they weren't that type of we were a small school but we were we were pretty athletic but what i did this was for me my education like you said get in the room you want to be a millionaire hang around millionaires think like them but what i would do is i wasn't always watching their drills because some of them was just too advanced for us i was i'd follow the coaches around and I'd listen to mm-hmm. when somebody made a mistake, a player made a mistake, I'd listen to how were they addressing it. And most of the time, it was like you said, it was effort and attitude that they attacked because they know they could make a change right there on the time. They couldn't always make a change on a particular skill. It might take two, three mm-hmm. weeks for those guys to develop that new pattern, past pattern or whatever. Yeah. But so I'm watching and I'm literally those little tiny memo pads that are, you know, they're not very big. You can put them in your pocket. I had that and I'm making notes. Oh, okay. That's why, you know, uh, at the time, uh, Fossil was one of the coaches then and I'm following him and different people, just listening to them, how they're coaching. And that's how I learn. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Okay, that's what those guys do. And I would do the same thing with college coaches. I'm like, and some of the college coaches, as you would know too, some of them aren't very good. They just got the job because they graduated college, they stayed in there and they got it, but they never really learned how to teach. If you want to learn how to teach, teach kids your son's age. If you can, if you can teach a kid, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old how to do stuff, you're starting to learn how to coach, right? So, but yeah, I always try to surround myself. And then I would do the same thing with my athletes. I would, I would make them a lot of times play against better talent. I'm like, mm-hmm. but that's what it takes. If you want yeah. to compete, that's what you have to do. And it can be done right in the print. It doesn't have to cost a dime. We can just, you know, we'll bring kids in and we'll play. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing what little steps we're willing to skip that are sitting right in front of us. Success leaves clues and we keep ignoring the clues. There's a ton of breadcrumbs there, man. And, you know, it's like, you know, like you said, <laughs> that's a whole nother, uh, another podcast about college coaches in the game and they, they don't know how to communicate. I, I, I truly believe, I mean, these baseball coaches in division one, especially the big uh, conferences, right. They're making over a million dollars to coach a game and they don't know how to communicate properly to, to, to young adults. These, these young men 
are impressionable. They believe everything that you say. They think you are God. And we are tearing kids down instead of having teachable moments and really breaking down and communicating properly. I'm not, listen, I'm, I'm all for people sitting the bench and never playing and getting cut, but it's how you communicate those things. I think to me makes a world of difference. Um, that's the one thing that I saw that was broken. Um, it was not Skip Bertman. Skip Bertman was a special man, still is. Uh, he's a visionary, uh, you know, talk about law of attraction. That man created something out of thin air at Louisiana state university. He sure did. He visualized it and he showed us the, the sheet that everybody, all of his coaches sat on the mound with him and laughed at him. And now look at it. That's because yep. of Skip Bertman. He had a bunch of great kids, great athletes that bought into the vision. He taught them how, taught them how to visualize it. He was a genius. Still, yep. I keep saying was. And he, he adjusts. He, he was great at adjusting. Like yep. he adjusted to the game, to the yep. player. He was he was great yep. at that. When he had the big, the big hammers at the plate, he used them. But when yep. he did, he he like you said, he visualized things, and that's so powerful. So smart, man. And you know, the only negative is we don't have, you know, 10 hours of chat. Um <laughs> running short. But dude, I I just I appreciate you so much. Um, I'm glad we were able to hop on so quickly um, because it was a hot topic. And, you know, uh, the thing that I've really enjoyed about this episode, first and foremost, uh, we've, we've formed a new friendship and I'm, I'm hoping we can stay in contact first and foremost, because I think we can both help each other um, as far as just grow as professionals. Um, But the other thing was, is like, I just really enjoyed how this was so different than any one of my other episodes. You know, we didn't go through the same questions. We we had a very open conversation about a very controversial topic. And there's going to be a lot of people that, um, you know, I want to hear their opinions. You know, I don't, I don't want this to be something that isn't, you know, spoken about. So, you know, please share it on your social. I want people to really yeah. kind of dig into this because I, I want to hear people's perspective. And, yeah. um, you know, for you guys that are listening, um, if you guys, please, once again, the only way that this show is growing, I don't do ads. I don't do anything like that. I don't do sponsored ads on, on Facebook or Instagram. I don't blow your ears up with, um, you know, Sharpie pen announcements or commercials or anything like that. So uh, share the show, guys. Uh, you know, share it out to your friends. Um, if if something I said or, you know, Lee said that really compels you to think on a different level, uh, made you laugh, um, or even if we pissed you off when you think that we suck, share it. Go ahead. Uh, we, yep. we, we would really love for you to do that. Um, and Lee, with that, man, I just, again, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, you're you, a Sean. true professional with an amazing amount of knowledge and wisdom. And I, I love your videos because you're a true teacher of your, of your craft. And I, I want to say from one coach to another, I appreciate that about you. Well, thank you. No, I appreciate it. And I appreciate what you're doing. And the fact that you reached out to me means the world because even though this is a really uncomfortable message for people mm-hmm. and, it, and it might hurt, um, there is no ill intent. Like I am not trying to hurt the youth industry. Mm-hmm. You're not trying to injure the, the, the growth of youth yeah. athletes. We're trying to do just the opposite. We're I want, just, I want to, yeah, I want it back. Yep. Yeah, we're just we're just being very thoughtful in this process rather than just being those sheep that are herded in one direction and never realizing where they're going, right? We're just trying to make people think differently about that and and as many people as we can to 
to think that way is a good thing. So thank you for offering this this uh, platform, this opportunity to share. Hell yeah, man. Hey, listen, at, at the very least, we're trying to put, you know, about $20,000 back in parents' pockets every single year. <laughs> Not a bad thing. You can't afford to go on vacation. Stop paying, stop paying so much money for travel ball. <laughs> there you go. You just got a $20,000 raise. You're welcome. You Your financial advisor, Sean Frick. <laughs> so listen, the most important question, right? It's a two-part question. How can my listeners and myself best support you? Oh, I appreciate that. Well, one of the things we're going to do very, very shortly here is we're actually going to get stuff out and I'm going to get it out there in social media. We're going to get steps because you and I talked about a really tough subject for people, but it doesn't do any good if we don't have strategies, just Mm -hmm. like coaching. I can say, well, you got to be able to hit the ball to the opposite field. Well, how do you do that? Right? Mm -hmm. So we're going to now give strategies that, because my my saying is I want to bring youth sports back to families and communities. How do we do that? So I'm going to be sharing things to, to, even if a, a community has to develop a small committee of just, Parents are willing to say, hey, can we get some rec space? Can we get the fields on the weekend? Can we rent the high school or the elementary school to, you know, to play some wiffle ball or to do some things with the the really young kids and do some stuff like that? There's got to be a way to do it. So we're going to come up with strategies. And the other thing that I want to do, as you know, and you've alluded to this, let's make these kids better athletes, too. I want them better skilled baseball and tennis and volleyball and basketball. But I also want them to let's be a better athlete so you can enjoy life beyond sport. Let's move better. Let's get mm-hmm. quicker and faster because that's fun. Right? It's fun to be fast and have some strength and stuff. So we're going to show real basic stuff like that and teach people how to do that. You don't have to have a degree in it. You just got to follow the clues that those who've been successful are leaving for you and just follow those steps. So listen, <laughs> I have an idea. Um I think you and I need to get together because clearly we can get together in person. Um, right. and we need to figure out a way how you and I can do a speaking tour on this and talk to people and, and, and get this in front of as many parents as possible. Okay. Um, and, and high school coaches to support them yeah. because what, what people are failing to realize is these high school coaches do feel less than because they don't have as much influence as their AAU or summer ball baseball coach. So let's, I think you and I can collaborate on some stuff and really, you know, bring some awareness and, and, and if not anything, give people a different perspective. So I think it's something that we can both support each other on. That'd be fun, man. I agree. I agree. And that's what it's needed. I, I when I started this journey and, and you can't believe the in the, in the emails and the texts, positive and negative I'm getting and the, the DMS, this is so much bigger than me. I need a lot of help and people like you who get it and have an influence that's what we need. We need to go and we need to tell, like you said, these high school coaches that feel like they're losing influence and they're being pressured by dads who are saying, yeah, but no, 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 his AAU coach said this, right? They're getting that kind of pressure. Or their travel team coach said this. We need to let them know there's strategies we can do to help this. We can, we're going to start giving you guys some ammunition to be able to bring back sports to your, to your schools and your communities and to your family. But it used to be a family thing. Now families sometimes don't even get to see it because they're yeah. gone. Like kids yeah. are gone, right? Yeah. So yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, listen guys, um, I'm going to put everything in the show notes here, but please uh, go on Instagram at Lee Taft, L E E T A F T. Follow them up, uh, learn some speed, agility drills, learn real education on becoming a better athlete. Um, I will drop his website into 
the show notes as well. And Lee, I am looking forward to bringing some more awareness and, and getting eggs thrown at us in the community right alongside with you, buddy. <laughs> there you go. I love eggs. Love eggs. Oh. <laughs> All Thank right, you, well, Sean. Absolutely. Well, guys, hey, you heard it here. Um, so many great nuggets, so many gems that were just dropped. Knowledge bombs. Please share the episode out. And until next time, talk to you guys soon. <laughs>